you're not the savior for the black race. And she said, and David's not the savior for the white race. Your duty as a couple and going into a marriage is protecting one another. Episode two of Beyond Our DNA. Episode one, we kind of discuss our introduction, why we started this podcast, and a little bit about who we are as a couple. This episode, we're going to dive a little deeper. For today's topic, it will be communicating through difficult topics, race, and also, you know, COVID-19, and also solutions. Right, right. Yeah, so I'm David. And And I'm Amber. We're really excited to talk with you guys today. And so one of the first things that we wanted to jump into was talking about Amber's experience over the summer with all the tragic stuff that went on with George Floyd, mm-hmm. with Breonna Taylor, yeah. with uh, Jacob Blake and everything that was kind of going on in that movement. Yeah, I mean, this summer this summer definitely was challenging. It definitely affected our relationship. In, big time. But yeah, it was it was definitely yeah. a huge test in our relationship, and this was actually prior to us getting married. So mm-hmm. it was like one of those. It was like that crucial moment. What really ignited the initial reaction was watching the video of George Floyd. This video just ignited a different response. Just such a shock that it was not only in your face. It was just. It was just heartbreaking. Just seeing the blatancy. Right? Yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. This person that has like no regard for human life. Yeah. And and watching that, I think it's hard for everybody to watch. And then just kind of seeing that pattern with different cases. It was just. Right, on Instagram. Oh like my goodness. Day after day, there's something else. Some other Karen going off. You know? Right. And it's just like now it's, it's, it's just been this climate where. It's susceptible now. It's it's okay to go out and racially profile and mm-hmm. pull and discriminate and judge others. And I I never cared about who I dated. I've dated Caucasian guys before. Caucasian make me sound like extra white. Oh gosh, <laughs> white guys before, and it never race was never an issue, and so. This situation definitely magnified my race in full swing and me during this time dating a white man. Now, I know I don't know if any other, you know, couples went through this kind of experience or, you know, didn't affect you at all. But I would say this is probably one of the first issues that I think socially that uh, that impacted how I felt. Internally and initially I was very I was scared to bring it up Mm -hmm. because I didn't know how he would react to it. It's like it's one of those things where you kinda it's not saying you don't want to bother someone, but you don't want it to be a thing. You're you're thinking that you're able to like deal with it on your own or it, it wouldn't affect you, but because by you bringing it up, like, you feel like I'm going to feel like I'm being attacked. Yeah, yeah, or um, I'm offending the other person. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. 
But once that neck, I was constantly seeing every day. Yeah, the hate and the evilness. The old grandma on the the back of her truck saying, "I'm gonna teach my grandchildren to hate you." Yeah, I mean it was just foolishness. And then got fired. <laughs> Boom. I mean it's just a foolishness, and you're seeing that every day, and it definitely negativity definitely seeped in into is definitely like seep, seeped into who I I am. I'm very I'm usually a very happy, mm-hmm. outgoing person, but it definitely changed me. It sat on me for a while. I mean, I felt like there were a lot of days where it was like I just wasn't even speaking. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't even talk. I would you, just wake up so angry. Like you know that that when they say you could like t- cut the tension with a knife, like that's <laughs> Literally, how it felt in the house, and this is during COVID, right? Yeah, we're stuck. We can't go anywhere. There's yeah. literally nowhere for us to go. Yeah, so, so we're literally in the house together, and it's like on edge, like literally yeah. walking, walking on eggshells in the mm-hmm. house. I just felt like he wouldn't understand. He, yeah. I just felt like he wouldn't get it. It was definitely a lot of projection, definitely a lot of misplaced anger, definitely a lot of uh, victim blaming, um, because one. Here you see that the aggressor in this situation, they're majority white men. And it's happening to black men, mm-hmm. happen to black women. It can happen to me. It can happen to my brothers. It can happen to somebody that I know. Right. This is the person that's in front of me, and he looks like <laughs> the aggressor to me. And I don't mean to laugh, but it... it it's, it's difficult to explain, and with him just being in front of me. And it's not only in, in front of you. It's mm-hmm. like, um, you know, with us being 24-7, mm-hmm. like, around each other, mm-hmm. there's no escape. Like, the only escape was going to the grocery store, but we'd go together. Yeah, where we we're normally that couple that was always out. We always had date night. We were always, you mm-hmm. know, on the weekends, just kind of out and about. But now it's like just the spotlight in the house. It was just like this big elephant in the room that neither one of us actually wanted to discuss. It it heavily affected our relationship. We definitely had to get to a place if this was going to work out. There were definitely a few days where I was like, yeah, it's a little, it's a little shaky. And same with me. Yeah, but we weren't really seeing one another's perspective. Each of us, both of us, had our own reasoning for mm-hmm. how we were feeling. Like I said, I was projecting. I didn't feel like David would understand where I'm coming from. I felt like you're not black. You don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, which I'm not. No, but it was it was a lot of me not even giving you a chance to want to get it or understand it. Mm-hmm. I definitely just cut off that room for you to even try to. A lot of it, you know, yeah, it's, it's just the constant negativity of the the feedback loop of Instagram and social media mm-hmm. and things like that that are constantly like, this is a, you know this guy's about you know you're hearing about. Uh, Oh, Ahmad Aubrey. Mm-hmm. Forgot about him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, I mean, there was just so many situations back to back to back, and every day there's a new story about this new thing, you know, a new situation, and it's just like. And then it's you just see just the how the media portray, you know, the peaceful protesters, and 
It just felt like to be a black person in America, you had no voice. And anything that you tried to do to be able to create that voice, you just felt like you were silent. The, what the media was trying to portray is, oh, they're looting. Oh, mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're shooting, they're shooting cops or they're doing these certain things. And it's just like to see this on a consistent basis mm-hmm. and to feel like you were helpless. Yeah. And to be in a home with David as the kindest man on the earth, it, it, it definitely made you question. Oh, yeah. So another um, thing that kind of I felt was, you know, is Amber portraying her race. I felt this type of allegiance to black people. And I felt like. Because it was very, it's very much a us against. Oh, yeah. It was 100%. definitely like us against them type thing. Like, and. Uh, oh, you're an old white lady. You're Karen, 100%. Yeah. But when you think about it. I'm doing the same thing that they're doing. Mm. They're judging me based on my race. This was a big thing. like, And, and I was trying to work with you mm-hmm. as we were. The weekend that the entire country shut down, we moved into a new place. Mm-hmm. And it's a much more like family-friendly environment. Mm-hmm. But... You know, before we were in a, a much more diverse, there was, mm-hmm. you know, Indian, Asian, mm-hmm. you know, black, everything in our old neighborhood. And now it's like very much like white families. Yeah. We walked out of the house and we were going somewhere and they're all sitting down there, all the, you know, Karens or whoever. Don't say that. No, I'm just kidding. They're not called Karens. <laughs> but, uh, they're all sitting down and they're across the street. And one lady literally cranks her neck 90 degrees to look at both of us. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm the type of person that uh, I sometimes come across as a dick. So I overcompensate by waving at literally everyone. <laughs> Always say hi. Like, she gets a little upset sometimes because I'll just wave every in every single situation. So, like, this person, I see them. So I go, like, wave. But I'm holding a drink because, you know, I like to have a few drinks. Babe, so <laughs> I'm waving. No response. So I'm like, Okay. So then I wave with my other hand, again, no response. And so it's you start seeing these type of interactions, these type yeah. of inter- – and you're seeing the stuff that's going on with the movie is, and, and in the news. You see everything that's going on on social media. You're like, all these people must fucking hate me. Yeah, and even when we would go for walk, even when you pass by people and you would speak, they would not – they would look, look at you dead in your face and not speak back. I mean it was very emotional because yeah. I would just get so frustrated. I'm like – what did I do to you mm-hmm. for you to treat me this way? And it was like, just like no other way that I felt like I could have reacted where it wasn't justifiable. It was a little bit deeper because this is, at the time, this was my future husband. Not future no more. <laughs> we desperately needed a solution. We were, it, it was, it was very hard. It was every time we discussed it, it ended up not necessarily in an argument, but it didn't, it never ended. It was like, we never accepted each other's point of view. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm coming from this place. And he's right. like, well, I'm coming from this place. I'm just thinking all these Karens are just like assholes. And, and, right. So yeah. he's thinking of it just in, in a, in a lighter, in a lighter sense, like 
you know, not everyone is going to speak to you. And some people in this world is just rude mm-hmm. or maybe they didn't see you. A lot of rude people. Actually. He's looking at it in that scope through that lens. And I'm like, well, try being black for one day. Mm-hmm. You know, you've never been affected. And this was another thing that we learned. He had never been affected by it before. Yeah. Whereas now it's personal to him because the woman that he loves. Right is affected by it now i'm thinking about like how our children those conversations mm-hmm. and you know making sure that we're giving them guidance in the past when i saw things with trayvon and, and stuff like that you know i was like okay it's sad but it didn't really it, right it didn't hit me the way that the last few have hit me because now it, it affects me yeah differently, you know yeah this is one of the things that the entire Black Lives Matter movement is about. It's now everyone seeing that this is the problem in America. Mm-hmm. Everyone recognizing it, regardless if you're affected by it or not. If this happened to you, how would you react to that? There, there have been some really good posts that I've seen, like two that re- that hit me differently, and one is about nine eleven. The slogan is "Never forget," mm-hmm. and they're like. The U.S. tells us never forget about 9-11, but then when we talk about slavery, they're like, mm, shut up. That was 400 years ago. Yeah. But when you look at it that way, it's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a – and then the other one that I saw, if it was your child that didn't come home, you'd burn down the country. Oh, yeah. hundred, And that's 100% right. Oh, yeah. If somebody came for Amber, everybody's going to die. Like, that's but just how it is. The thing is, it's more so – he saw firsthand my reaction because I exploded. And he gets, if there was a situation where I was harmed or I was hurt or I didn't come home or something about me, something happened to me, how he would feel. It made it everything just so clear. And I remember having a one-on-one with... Yeah, we had two, We had a couple. Yeah, so it's a couple that, I mean, that we absolutely from love mm-hmm. from our church. You know, one of the things she said, she was like, well, here's the thing. You're not the savior for the black race. Mm -hmm. And she said, and David's not the savior for the white race. Your duty as a couple and going into a marriage is protecting one another. You against the world. You actually can't stop people discriminating against your relationship. There's literally nothing that you can do about it. You can break up and not deal with it. You know what I mean? But if that's not the route that you want to go, you have to change your your perspective and how you're looking at it. Both of you are looking at it from your own kind of cultural background. Mm-hmm. But you can fight together. It made it so clear that at that time, you know, I just started crying because I felt so bad. My response was this way. And also, this could have definitely... Destroyed our relationship. Oh, yeah. It definitely, it definitely, it was definitely headed for a breakup. Yeah. You would never think it wasn't nothing dealing with infidelity or anything like that, or the fact that I just didn't love this person to know that the climate or society definitely has effect on your relationship. And if you're not mentally stable Mm -hmm. or you don't really have kind of like, 
that strong foundation within your relationship. One thing on that note that I'd encourage everyone to make sure that you get guidance from another couple because mm-hmm. I think that that was really, really helpful. My parents' relationship was definitely not the best. They ended up getting divorced later on in mm-hmm. life, but it was a very uh, tumultuous relationship, we'll say. And so really making sure that you're getting guidance from another married couple don't just take advice from your single friend they're, they're gonna have the advice that, oh no you don't need to put up with it deal right with this. that's not what you really need yeah right? you definitely need people who are objective mm-hmm. so they see it from a different perspective and they're giving you a different perspective on how you're looking at it because as i stated before we're just looking at it from our own side It's like you write a paper and you're reading a paper and you're reading the same thing over and over and over again until you have someone with another set of eyes Mm -hmm. that come to read and they're able to see the mistakes on this particular thing. And that's what we needed. And they can give kind of like that grammar checkup. This is where you're you're messing up at. Yeah. And this is what needs to be fixed. They give you that outside perspective. I'd encourage everybody that's listening to this. It's definitely something, and it's important that you pick the right person, right? I know not everybody that listens to this probably goes to church, but finding that couple that has that solid foundation mm-hmm. and help you and give you guidance and bounce ideas, not just like so-and-so's friend. Well, see, and let's, let's talk about that a little bit because not everybody's religious, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But I feel like we have a strong foundation with Christ. Right. We were raised in church and that was kind of the thing that brought us back together. Uh-huh. Because actually what we started to do, we were praying together, we were reading our word together. We still have that kind of pillar in our relationship that keeps us going even during these tough times. You know, Christ is huge mm-hmm. in our relationship and that is something that we definitely weren't doing. We weren't really reading our word and things of that nature. And this is not to preach or anything, but it was really, it's a huge benefit of relationship. Mm-hmm. Having some type of relationship with God. Right. Knowing how the enemy is going to come and try to destroy your relationship because he does not want you together. Right. And seeing it more from a spiritual lens as well, which is what our counselors helped us to realize. You're a dynamic couple People see that, and now the enemy wants to try to destroy that. And it just made everything just so clear, like, wow, I didn't even look at it from that perspective. Right. And it definitely helped bring us back together. Yeah, and I think there were there were a couple other things that we really worked on mm-hmm. uh, through COVID, through everything that was going mm-hmm. on. One is this book that we've got here, not a, a sponsor or anything, but just a book that we found to be really helpful. It's mm-hmm. called... His Needs and Her Needs by Willard F. Harley. Really strong, strong book. Highly recommend it. It actually walks through and allows you to discuss some of the things Mm -hmm. that are needs that we wouldn't even necessarily think of Mm -hmm. that were big things, Mm -hmm. right? Like we both like to play games together. Mm -hmm. We both like to play cards. My mom was over here yesterday. So there are other certain things that you need as a couple. And if you don't provide those things and you're not working towards those, mm-hmm. it's going to cause challenges. You yeah. Know? 
they they talk about in the book how you know you talk about infidelity the origin of where where it derives from right there are certain things that a woman needs Mm -hmm. and there are certain things that a man needs Mm -hmm. and if i'm not fulfilling amber in the way that she needs then she's not going to fulfill the things that i need Mm -hmm. right and so it's kind of this Hey, you have to, someone's got to be the bigger person to do, to take the first step and actually start working towards this, making sure that that individual gets what they need. Maybe it's a certain type of encouragement. Amber loves handwritten cards. Mm-hmm. So I make it a point that on a regular basis, I will write out a hand, like I'll type something up on my phone and I'll write it out mm-hmm. or I'll give her flowers on a regular, like yeah. weekly basis. Yeah, I think one of the things that we like about this book, the fact that they encourage you to read the book together, mm-hmm. we make it a point to have date night. Regardless of what's going on in our lives, we're going to make time for date night. Yep. It's you cannot schedule anything on date night. Date night is strictly for him and I. You know, there's going to be a lot of different distractions in your relationship, but your main important thing is you're you're adding to your love bank. What are you giving to your relationship? And are you meeting the needs of your husband and or, or your your spouse or the significant other? And is he meeting those needs? They have is an interactive book. They had you kind of go through. You're literally writing in the book and you're saying, this is my need. Mm -hmm. This is my need. And we're both initialing and we're writing our name next to each need. So the other person is aware. This is what I require in my relationship. It definitely strengthened our relationship. It also just opened up just that, that communication barrier for us, especially during this difficult time. It definitely showed where we were lacking as a couple Mm -hmm. if you're having trouble in your relationship and we're not speaking as experts we're literally just speaking in regards of just what our experience and what we have gone through thus far in our relationship Mm -hmm. if you feel like you can't really get a breakthrough definitely reach out to people or us yes somebody (laughs) that you trust yeah to be able to help you through it Mm -hmm. don't just throw in the towel and one of the other things that I, I think really helped out, I happened to come across this mm-hmm. uh, card game on Amazon. And like we and said before, these game. are not sponsorships or anything. These are literally just things we came across. Yeah. We have recommended to some of our friends, and it has been beneficial for them. For sure. Card game is called Love Language, um, and it's on Amazon. We'll put the link in there. And they have five different categories. So they have individual, they have past, future, they have family, they have sex and intimacy, and they have couples. (laughs) So what we do is we'll either... Uh, play a game mm-hmm. or it could be a drinking game it could be a card game it could be anything and then in between we'll ask each other like we'll pick one of the cards randomly and then we'll ask one so why don't you pick one up and i didn't want to pick the category couple okay <laughs> question is what do you need from me right now <laughs> what do i need from you right now uh, well, that's oh something we so, we're certainly won't be recording. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Not for you guys. First of all, <laughs> see, you know what? Moving on. Are you going to ask me the same question or should you pick your own I, question? I, I, I'll, I'll do another one. <laughs> what makes you a good partner? 
Oh, wow. That's good. I would say what makes me a good partner is our compatibility, mm-hmm. our willingness to want to work through things, the activities that we like to do together. Yeah. And even this podcast, it's been very therapeutic for us. You know, knowing that hopefully that this is helping other people mm-hmm. just makes me feel good. It's like releasing some really good endorphins. So I'm definitely excited about this. Definitely. All right, we'll do one more question. And while he's picking a question, I, I, I will say one thing. What I learned, the value of a sincere apology. Do not wait to apologize. And immediately when I got off that phone call uh-huh. with the counselor, I was crying, but I went to him and I apologized because I saw where I was wrong. And immediately I wanted to correct that. And that is one of the biggest things, the lessons that I want to just kind of put out there. And David the entire time definitely wanted to, He was every time he was asking, how can I help? How can I help? So he was very appreciative of the fact that, you know, I recognized where I was wrong and me wanting to move forward and fix it. And I would say that that is actually what I would say makes you a good partner is that because that is one of the reasons Mm -hmm. there was a very specific moment that I knew for sure Amber was the one for me. And it does have to do a little bit with that, which we'll talk about in another story. One of the questions here is, what do you love most about my parents? (laughs) So you see, it has quite the range here. (laughs) I mean, it really tackles everything, and it makes you think about questions that you would never even think of. Never think of. Okay, so as David stated before, his parents are divorced. His father remarried. Just putting their business out there. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I was like, well, you started it. No. um, Well, his mom, we have our, we've developed our own relationship. You, many of you, well, you don't know this. You don't really know us, but I lost my mom two years ago. I really wanted to develop a relationship with his mom. And that's something that's very important to me. So it's either it's finding the things that we have in common and growing from there. And one of the things we love to do is we love to talk about God. We love to talk about the different books that we're reading. And we love to play cards together. Mm-hmm. What I love about his dad, his dad is just optimistic. He'll just call David and just shower David with just the best compliments. And he would just talk to him and he'll just say, you know, I love you, son. And I think you are amazing. And I think you're great. And I think you are successful. And he just pours so much positivity and love into David. And sure I thought does. that was just extremely amazing. I'd never seen that before. Yeah. That's what I love about your parents. I think that's a good answer. That's a great answer, right? So uh, we just want to wrap up with one quick question here. Uh, And this is a question that we received from our audience. We've asked people to DM us questions that they would like to be answered. Which is, wouldn't it be easier for you to just date within your own race? Hmm. I I can answer it first. Okay. I I think it absolutely is easier. But I just don't think easier is always the right thing. When you think about fast food, it's easier, but 
it's dang healthy. It is not good for you, right? <laughs> I like that. But Amber mentioned earlier about how she kind of felt a little bit like she was betraying her her race almost. Mm-hmm. And I honestly got really upset because there was a lot of talk about that specifically. And I got really upset because, quite frankly, there is no man on this planet that is going to help Amber to flourish the way that I'm going to help Amber to flourish. That's true. And it is going to treat her the way that I'm going to treat her. That's like true. it just, there's no person. It doesn't matter what race they are, it's me. That's yeah. it. And I love that answer, babe. I love you. you. You know, wouldn't it be easier to date someone in your own race? No. I've dated men in my own race. I've dated men in other races. In other, not racist. I've dated <laughs> men of other. Races. <laughs> Either way, what I'm trying to say is, it's not going to matter if you're not compatible with someone, regardless of what they black, blue, yellow, white, red, green. For me... It was easier dating someone that I'm compatible with. It was like a breath of fresh air. And you make me feel just like the most special woman in the world. Although I was blinded by a lot of the negativity and the hate and everything that was going on in in society. Every day he's asking me, how can I make you feel better today? How can I make you smile today? This is literally something he asks me every single day. So to the question... Would it be easier if I dated a man of my same race? No. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys, to episode two. We're going to come out and uh, have weekly releases uh, of our podcast, different topics. We'll have guests on. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss anything. And we look forward to talking with you guys next week. Bye. Have a good night.